0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's
1: time. It's time time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's
0: former Super
2: Bowl-winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Five victory! Cowboys win. This is love of the star. Star. Welcome to the love of the star Star. podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for One Hundred Five Through the Fan in Dallas. Joined as always by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broadus. He is now the co-host of the G Bag Nation, two to seven p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on One Hundred Five Through the Fan in Dallas. He is also the pre and post game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And Brian, after. Last week when when you felt a little empty, you felt a little football empty because we, we were post-draft and, and there wasn't a lot going on, you now have football fullness because we have the 2023 schedule release.
1: I tell you what, Bobby, this would be a great gig if you didn't have to play these games, but now they're going to make you play these games. It's always fun to evaluate, kind of build your team, draft – all right, that's it. Let's start working on the next year's draft. Yeah. But no, they're going to make you play these games. And I think along the way I don't think they did the Cowboys much of a favor. I just feel like that the schedule it's going to be difficult for the teams in the and the NFC East, uh, not only the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Commanders, uh, you know, and the uh and the Giants, you know, depending on like I say the, you know, the way that it falls for some of these you know, the third place games or the second place games and stuff like that. But uh, it, it is a, it's a—it's very interesting some of the trips that the Cowboys are going to have to make. It's going to be very interesting to see them uh, play um, in December where you have that stretch of uh, of Philly, Buffalo, Miami, and Detroit. I think yeah. that is – I think in the season, you know, if you're fighting for a spot If you're fighting for the division, you know, Buffalo and Miami will probably be fighting for a spot themselves who, you know, those games will be vitally important to them. All December games are important, you know, when you're in the hunt, but there's some, uh, there's some interesting um, gymnastics that you're going to have to do to get through this season.
2: Yeah. So let's go down. We'll break this down sort of by month and just kind of go through it and, and give takeaways from it. Uh, So the Cowboys, the first month of the season, they play three games in September. They open the season on the road against the Giants on Sunday night football. Then it is the following week at AT AT&T Stadium, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets come to town. Uh, And then Sunday, September 24th, a 325 kickoff on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. So you open things up on the road against the Giants at home against the Jets, on the road against the Cardinals. Uh, your, your first thoughts on that. Are you surprised at all? We got the Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers matchup so early in the year.
1: Yeah, I, to be honest with you, Bobby, I kind of thought it might be the game that, that leads off the season, uh, for the Cowboys, uh, just because of the draw of the, uh, you know, the Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. We saw what happened last year during that whole thing with, uh, the game that was played in green Bay, Mike McCarthy going back. Uh, I felt like that the drama for that would uh, would probably uh, lead the league into, you know, wanting to get that uh, up and on the schedule early. And they have gotten on the schedule early. They just I thought it was going to be in week one. Uh, to be honest with you,
2: and then uh, we we've got around that again once more. The Cowboys starting the season against the Giants, uh, which they it feels like every year. It's the Giants opening the season on Sunday Night Football. A uh, little bit more intrigue this time around because the Giants have improved and they continue to improve and they continue to get better. And uh, I got to imagine that the schedule makers look at that and go, "This should be the rekindling of a better competition." Dak Prescott has beaten the Giants ten straight games.
1: Yeah, and you know, but let's let's be honest ab- about you know what's going on with the Giants. I feel like that they're better coached. Uh, you know, I feel like that you know they've they've made the commitment uh to daniel jones whether you like that or not uh you know they've they've added some really i you know you look at their draft and they didn't have a whole hell of a lot of picks but what they you know what they were able to do is the quality that they were able to add uh I felt like was you know when you add Jalen Hyatt and John Michael Smith's or guys that we we you know we clearly talked about I, I think the biggest addition for them if you look at uh, at Darren Waller, you know I mean I don't think we're talking about what and Darren Waller doesn't always stay completely healthy, but Darren Waller will be a problem in this division and you know you've got to match up with him, but uh, you know they the Giants they've they, they've added they've you know they added some nice skill there and and I mentioned with Jalen Hyatt. so a couple of guys that you're gonna have to deal with with uh, with early in this uh, early in this season.
2: Cowboys roll into October. October 1st, they uh, kick off the month with the New England Patriots at AT&T Stadium.
1: Can I circle then- back real quick, Bob, on something? Yeah. You you finished there with the month with uh, Arizona. And mm-hmm. what team will Arizona be early in the year? You know, you've got the newness of the coaching staff, a new general manager, new ideas. Uh, you know, usually as seasons go on, uh, you know, maybe teams get beat down and the message doesn't always resonate at the end if you're going to new coach, new staff. I worry about that game a little bit just for the aspect of all the new things that are going on with Arizona. You know, if you play them later in the year, maybe they've lost a little of that fight and fire. And I think then week three, they still have a little fight and fire. So that's a game to kind of keep an eye on.
2: Yeah, and it's Jonathan Gannon, a guy who's had the game plan for the Cowboys the last two years, has gone he up sure against has. plenty, um, and so has some familiarity. That's that's going to be one of the more familiar opponents, I'm sure, for him uh, on the schedule here uh, that early in the season. Uh, going into October, open up things at home against the Patriots, then back-to-back tough primetime road games. You October 8th, you've got the uh, 49ers on the road for Sunday night football, You come back home and then travel right back out to the West Coast after a week of practice for Monday night football against the Chargers. Then you get a bye week, which I feel like you're going to need after back-to-back road games on the West Coast coming and going like that. A bye week is probably really valuable there in week seven. And then uh, October 29th at home against the Rams, the first noon kickoff of the year for the Cowboys. But, man, I look at that, and I just think that back-to-back West Coast road trip looks really difficult.
1: It is very difficult, and you know, we'll, well, you know, the 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 San Francisco will be a very very physical game, and uh, you know, again, you're right. Coming back, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you're the Cowboys of maybe even thinking about staying out on the coast, and uh, you know, maybe maybe you make a you know with that game with the Chargers, maybe you could go back and practice and stay at the uh, the old uh, River Ridge Complex there in Oxnard and train a little bit, you know, if you if you could. Uh, I, I know I'm just kind of throwing it out there, but, you know, why not? I, 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 why not? But yeah, I think it's, you know, the thing that the thing about, the, you know, you're talking about a team, a roster. Now, what we really don't know what what's going to happen with San Francisco at quarterback. That could be an absolute mess or they could figure it out. If you know the 49ers, if you know how they play, if you know Kyle Shanahan in that group, they could f- plug quarterbacks in and they seem to do very well. The interesting one to me is the Chargers game. And that one will be because, you know, you'll have an idea of Kellen Moore and what you want to do, but I'm thinking about, again, about the roster and what the Chargers, you know, have done and adding Quentin Johnston to that thing and, you know, Mike Williams and Keenan uh, Allen in that group. That You know, they've got some legitimate, you know, uh, skill guys there. And then, you know, with uh, the whole thing with Austin Eckler, you know, that's something the yes. last time that the Cowboys – you know, played uh played the Chargers out there in Los Angeles. It came down to a, a, a what a fifty-eight yard, fifty-seven yard yep. field goal to to win that thing, and it looked like the clock was running down and all kinds of crazy things going on. So, uh, but yeah, there's and you know the Chargers have added some you know one of my favorite players that uh, Dayan Henley, uh you know from uh, f- uh from Washington State is one of yeah. the linebackers. And they've got a really good group of, of linebackers. When you talk about Khalil Mack, Kenneth Murray, Eric Hendricks, you know, and add Henley to that group, man, I, this their defense to me got a little bit better with the, with the addition of Henley uh, playing for them.
2: Yeah. Now you've got the the two home games kind of bookending either side there. Uh, New England at the beginning of the month, uh, and then the Rams at the back end of the month. Um, I obviously a lot of attention is going to be on those two road games on the West coast, but any thoughts about, uh, new England or the Rams heading to this? The Rams obviously are just, they're, they're, they're not the team that they were a couple of years ago. There are a lot of questions about Matthew Stafford, what kind of ability he's going to have after there was talk that man, his arm might be shot this off season. And then all the drama in new England where they, they can't seem to commit to their quarterback Mac Jones, um, But, you know, a couple games there sandwiched in between. You feel pretty good about those?
1: Well, the New England game, yeah, we'll see what happens. New England, clearly not the team that they've been in the past, especially, you know, minus, uh, you know, minus the Tom Brady. And, you know, but that's, you know, the fact that they're here. I, I, you know, always take my chances with that. It's, you know, when it's a 325 game, you know, that Bill Belichick will have them ready. You know, he'll have a plan for Dak Prescott. You know the Cowboys got a really nice win when they were up in Foxboro last time that these two teams met uh, CeeDee lamb with a really nice play. But I'm focusing on that on that that game, you know when you when you start to talk about the Rams, you know, and where are the Rams going to be? Where is Matthew Stafford going to be? You know they they really, really like Stetson Bennett. And I know this sounds crazy. But could this be if you start to see them have more problems along the offensive line, you know the, the concussion issues and things like that that Stafford dealt with? He really got banged up uh, last year, and so you know could this be a game that all of a sudden we see uh, a guy like Stetson Bennett get an opportunity to play against the Cowboys? You know halfway through the season, they've added some, you know, uh, you know with Steve, uh, you know, they added the our, our tackle, our tackle guard from. Steve Avila from uh, from TCU, TCU. Uh, you know he's a projected starter. Uh, you know Zach Evans uh, from Ole Miss is a guy that we really really liked a lot, and you know and you know and also too uh, with uh, with Warren McClendon, uh, you know so they've added some guys, a couple of guys in the offensive line, uh, a quarterback, a runner, and uh, but it's still you know the Cooper Cups, Van Jeffersons, and those kinds of guys as well.
2: Going into November, uh, you come off of the Rams game to close the month of October. It's on the road against the Eagles uh, on November 5th, 325 kick. Uh, then it's at home against the Giants. They they In years past, the Cowboys have gotten the benefit of the back-to-back home games on Thanksgiving. They are not getting that this year. They get on the road against Carolina. It is a noon kick, so they'll be back in Dallas uh, on Sunday night. Uh, before it rolls over. But Carolina, November 19th on the road. Then Thanksgiving is at home against Washington. And then the following Thursday, it is a Thursday night game against the Eagles. uh, Or or no, Thursday night game against uh, the Seahawks Yeah, uh, to close out the month of November. So you've got on the road against Philly, home against the Giants, on the road against Panthers, and then Washington and Seattle at home on the two Thursdays to close it out. Uh, anything stand out to you as difficult there. The, the thing that stood out to me, like I said, is the fact that they got the road game before the Thanksgiving one. They, they don't always schedule them that way. And uh Cowboys didn't get the benefit this year.
1: Yeah. I think that the, the interesting thing to me is the short week and then it's the commanders, but it's Eric B and the commanders. It's a new offensive coordinator there. You know, Jack Del Rio is still in the mix there with, as the defensive coordinator Ron Rivera, you know, uh, but to me, this team, where will they be quarterback wise? You know, is where will Sam Howell, Sam Howell looked very good against the Cowboys. I say very good, but he, you know, he got the win, uh, you know, last year in the final week of the season, you know, so you will have a little confidence. We'll see how he's playing, uh, you know, up to that point when uh, he comes into town. I still love the skill of the commanders, Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dodson and Curtis Samuel. I, you know, I I think there's just some really, really good talent there. That offensive line could be a little physical. Nick Gates is the starter at center, but Ricky Stromberg is a guy that you and I liked it coming out of the draft from mm-hmm. Arkansas. You know, could Ricky Stromberg could he could he push for starting time there? I think that would literally would would solidify some things. You know, with this uh, with this group, but it's a team that runs the ball well with Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, and also with Logan Tom- Thomas at at uh, at tight end. So this will be a tough game, and you know the Carolina game could be a very physical game. It's a very winnable game because they'll likely be playing with a rookie quarterback. But you turn around and then having to play the Commanders on a short week with the defense that they have, with the offensive skill guys they have, that'll be a tough matchup for the Cowboys.
2: The Cow, the, the, the commanders are going to be playing the giants at home. The, the previous week, uh, both the Cowboys and commanders are playing noon kickoffs, Cowboys, yeah. in Charlotte, uh, commanders in DC. Do you think that's the NFL trying to just make it as level of trying? They're trying, They're even trying. As, yeah. as possible. Yeah.
1: yeah, they are. They absolutely are. Yep. Rolling into,
2: uh, the month of December, a, a tough, December stretch, you do get a little bit of a mini-buy because you're coming off the Thursday game against Seattle. So you get a 10-day rest leading into Sunday night football against the Eagles at home. No travel there. Um, And so you're coming off the two home games, and it's a 10-day layoff. uh, So you get that heading to the Eagles. Then you get December 17th on the road, middle of December against Buffalo. That's the one game I didn't want to see on the schedule was middle of December against Buffalo. Uh, you come back home then it's off to Miami for a Christmas Eve game it's, it's during the day but it's on the 24th uh, come back you get a short week uh, Saturday December 30th you've got Detroit at home for a 715 evening game on ESPN and then you close out the season January 6th or 7th against the Washington Commanders on the road just like you did last year so that final stretch is going to be brutal and you got to you got to think that 10 day layoff from Seattle to Philly and the fact that you've got three straight home games there that's going to be the time to really rest up and make sure that you're pre- prepared for this stretch run yeah
1: and it and it and you're really honestly Bobby from week 13 on from Seattle to Philly to Buffalo to Miami to Detroit and then the commanders maybe trying to play their way in that to me is that's like playing that's like playing six playoff games right there I mean yeah. I I I anticipate Seattle, Philly, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, all those teams battling for playoff spots. Even the Commanders could be battling for a playoff spot like they were last year. So, you know, it it, it this is going to be a very difficult stretch. The Cowboys, you know, they, you know, me personally I look at this and I know somebody asked us a mailbag question, you know, what do you p- predict the schedule? I'm kind of thinking You know, is eleven and six possible? Is ten and seven possible here? I think there's going to be some stretches in this season where, you know, where how the Cowboys respond, are they going to be healthy enough? The one thing Mike McCarthy has been able to do late in the season is keep his team healthy enough to uh, to be ready to play these games. So uh, I, I kind of feel like that. You know, if he's able to continue to do that then the Cowboys will have a chance to to win these games. But you're talking about a very, very difficult schedule to end the season with all those teams will be battling for playoff spots.
2: You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
2: All right, Brian, uh, we need to remind everybody about our wonderful partner here at Love the Sard, it is Boomer Jacks. I got to tell you, uh, me and Brian have loved seeing you guys send us all the pictures of you hanging out at Boomer Jacks, all the stuff you're getting, telling us all about it. Uh, And and the day I got to recommend for you guys, there's two days in particular I think you should go if you're looking for the right day to go to Boomer Jacks. It's Tuesday or Wednesday because Tuesday it's half-price bone and wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings, but they've got deals for you every other day of the week as well. They got drink specials starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer. It's ice cold beer, wall-to-wall TVs. And I know when you hear me say wall-to-wall TVs, you think I'm saying and there's a lot of TVs. No, I mean, literally wall to wall TVs. There's like yeah. hardly any space on the walls. They got TVs in the bathroom. It's a wonderful experience. There's 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. And Brian, you mentioned there uh, that, uh, you know, when we we're wrapping up that segment, you mentioned how, uh, you know, what kind of a, a record is this? Is this an 11 and 6, a 10 and yeah. 7 schedule? Well, a big part of of projecting that a big part of understanding that is going to be what does this offense look like under Mike McCarthy?
1: Yes. Uh, yes. What, what kind of a
2: learning curve is there? Uh, what kind of a, you know, uh, how much does it limit the turnovers? How much do the adjustments work? Uh, Sheil Kapadia who covered the Eagles and the Seahawks at different points for ESPN and the athletic, very good writer. Now he covers the NFL as a whole uh, for the ringer he had a really uh, interesting article over at the ringer this week talking about what we learned about every NFC team in the 2023 NFL offseason I'm just going to read this stretch that he had to say about the Cowboys it's a little lengthy but this is from Shield Capati's article you guys should go check it out at the ringer um, but I, I'm interested for your thoughts on this as a whole Brian uh, he says what we learned about the Cowboys was they overreacted to their playoff loss mm-hmm. The Cowboys were a very good team last year. They went 12-5, and and their plus one twenty five 25-point differential was third in the NFC behind only the Eagles and 49ers. They made sensible trades to add wide receiver Brandon Cooks and cornerback Stephon Gilmore, and the departures of tight end Dalton Schultz, who left in free agency, and running back Ezekiel Elliott, who was cut in a cost-saving move, are unlikely to be devastating. But the biggest change will be their offensive play calling. The Cowboys let Kellen Moore go, and head coach Mike McCarthy is now running the show. McCarthy indicated this offseason that he thinks the Cowboys can benefit from a more run-heavy approach that limits turnovers and puts games in the hands of his defense. Here's where it gets interesting. He says, McCarthy's comments demonstrated a fundamental misunderstanding of what is actually wrong with the Dallas Cowboys. Were turnovers an issue in 2022? At times, yes. But overall, not really. The Cowboys turned the ball over on 10.8% of their possessions, which was slightly lower than league average. Dak Prescott was intercepted on 3.8% of his passes, which was the worst mark among starters. Not all of the interceptions were his fault, and interceptions were not an issue for Prescott previously in his career. It's reasonable to think that the Cowboys got some bad turnover luck last year, and Prescott won't throw nearly as many interceptions in 2023. The bottom line, it's hard to envision a scenario where the move from Morton McCarthy offers an upgrade. In four years with more, if we isolate the plays where Prescott was the quarterback, the Cowboys performed like the second-best offense in the NFL in terms of EPA per play. Did the offense look bad in a playoff loss to the 49ers? No doubt, but that was one game on the road against the best defense in the NFL. Ideally, the Cowboys would have examined what went wrong in that game, made some tweaks, and moved forward. Instead, they made a big change that could result in a step back in 2023. So a lot there from Shield Kapatia but overall the the overall crux of it to him is you were not in dire straits on offense. You overreacted to a playoff loss to San Francisco. You can maybe say the reaction was compounded by the playoff loss the previous year as well to San Francisco. Um, but says that ultimately he thinks they they potentially made a mistake here on offense. Uh, your your overall thoughts on what Shield Kapatia said? Do you do you think there's some some truth to what he said, or is is he missing the mark?
1: Well, I think the statistics and everything that he presents is, is very valid. Uh, I I think to me, the biggest question going into the season for me, and it always will be is Mike McCarthy has uh, he'd had enough of Kellen Moore and a Kellen Moore had had enough of him. And I, I, I do believe this with all my heart, Bobby, that during the green Bay game, when they lost that game, that's when that was the that was when the relationship completely fractured. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Mike McCarthy could have clicked over during that game when they had two touchdown lead and say, run the ball, run the ball, keep running the ball. Don't, don't stop running the ball here. Let's kill some clock. Let's, but you know, he allowed things to get out of hand. And all of a sudden, you know, he allowed one of the best quarterbacks to ever play, get back in the game and, and ultimately, you know, torch you to win the game. So to me, I, I understand. I think Mike McCarthy made this personal. I, I think Mike McCarthy also looks at, looks at it this way, Bob. He looks at it as, if I'm going to lose my job as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, I want to do it on my own accord. He wants he, – he feels like that if he – all right, there's two things here. If he – if the Cowboys have offensive success and we see Dak Prescott limit the turnovers – And 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 have production, then he becomes, oh, I'm the guy that's going to get credit for turning Dak Prescott around. I'm the guy that's going to help Dak Prescott uh, uh, not turn over the ball. I'm going to be the guy. See, to me, this is everything about the offense is predicated or has was predicated on Kellen Moore. None of it really was Mike McCarthy. None of it all was Mike McCarthy. So. This is his opportunity. If he could turn things around for 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 Dak Prescott and, and, and take Dak to another level, then he will get the credit for it, and he will get a contract extension likely for it. If they lose and Dak uh, falters and they have turnovers and they don't win games, then Jerry Jones will find a new head coach, likely Dan Quinn, and then they will look for somebody who can run the offense. There are just way, way, way too many moving parts right now with, on this offense for me. When you start to talk about a new line coach, a new running back coach, a new play caller, a new quarterback coach, there's just, there's just a lot going on here. And if you were to tell me what do you think is going to happen, I think that's ultimately the thing that's, that could take the Dallas Cowboys down. You know, They're talented enough to win 10, 11 games, no question. But this uh, this offensive coaching staff, I feel like they've got to prove to me that they, in fact, with all these changes, can be the difference makers here. Much like what we've seen with the Cowboys' defense, you know, we we have complete faith in everybody that coaches on the defensive side of the football for the Dallas Cowboys, even though they've made some changes there. You know, changed at linebacker. You know, they they changed George Edwards out of there. Yeah. You know, but but still, it's still Dan Quinn it's still AD, it's still Al Harris, it's still, you know. Those are the things. We have complete faith in everything they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. I just feel like Mike McCarthy made this a little personal, and he's like, listen, if I'm going down, I'm going down on my own accord. If I'm going to survive, it's because I did everything on offense, and I'm the one that got myself this contract extension.
2: I, I think all of that is is pretty reasonable and well said, do you think that? Because I think one of the what do you
1: think? What do you think about that? And um, I, you said reasonably. I mean, I, again, I'm not. Well, looking well here's, here's,
2: here's, the, here's the only here's the only caveat of it. And you may have.
1: I think McCarthy's trying to get credit for the yes. offense. Yeah, I don't think I, I do. ever since he's been here, he's gotten zero credit really for anything. You know, yes, hey, the guy the guy wins 25 games right in two years. Right? Are you cl- throwing yep. the playoff win? Won 25 games in two years, and he's fighting for his job. Other places, they're throwing a parade. Not here, they're not throwing a parade. You know, and then you get your owner, and, and tongue in cheek, tongue in cheek, old Jerry Jones says, "Yeah, it ain't the problem here." You know, it ain't the players, it's the coaches. It ain't the, you know, yeah, you know that. You kind of like laugh, but then you deep down inside, you know, Stephen Jones and Mike McCarthy probably cringed a little bit. Yeah. You know? So to I, and. Me, I, and-
2: that's where that's where I I don't disagree with what you said. The the only thing I would add, and you may have even been inferring it with what you said when you talked about McCarthy making it personal or whatever else.
1: I think I, he made it personal. I do. I, yeah, I, do,
2: I I do think that the biggest factor in Kellen Moore not being here is Kellen Moore did not want to be here anymore.
1: No, hell no. Hell and and, hell and, no. I, and I think it, I think to work it was something Ryan McCarthy anymore. No, no. And, and
2: I I think that that's something that. Look, I, I I will say that I've been critical of Mike McCarthy at times. This is something that I said uh, on Sean and RJ uh, on 105 to the Fan this week is that I, I will say this for McCarthy's idea of wanting to control the offense. To me, it, it had to be all McCarthy or it had to be Kellen Moore. You couldn't run back in with this bits and pieces of, you know, West Coast being thrown into the air choreo that Kellen was trying, and it, it caused a lot of issues, I felt like, was this hodgepodge scheme that they tried. I, I think that they were going to be better off to saying, hey, look, let's commit to Mike McCarthy's scheme or Kellen Moore's scheme, but we cannot have this blend anymore. This is harming things, but I do think that the biggest reason why Kellen Moore isn't here anymore is because Kellen Moore told the Cowboys, I don't want to be here anymore. True. And the question then is, how much of that was just Mike McCarthy making it to a point where Kellen wanted to leave. That that would be the dynamic, I guess. But overall, I don't disagree. I don't think – I think the offense is going to take a step back this year. I don't think the offense is going to be as good as it was last year. They may the ball over less, um, but I don't think that they are going to be what they were under Kellen Moore. And I think ultimately their coaches on the offensive side of the ball – who are going to have to answer for that before Dak Prescott answers for that with Cowboys management. Oh,
1: there's no question. They, they will not – the, the, the evaluation of Dak Prescott it will, like I said, if Mike McCarthy pulls this off – and, and Bobby, there's a side of me that thinks that, that Brian Schottenheimer is going to be the play caller. By the time we get – by the time we potentially get to that bye in – okay, week six is the Chargers game depending on what the record is after that, by that Rams game in week eight, that could be the first time that we hear about Brian Schottenheimer calling the plays. I I, I think there was going to be a, okay. And I think Mike McCarthy wants Brian Schottenheimer to call the plays anyway. I really do. I don't think Mike McCarthy wants to be the primary play caller, but he has to sell it to ownership and sell it to the fan base that he's going to call the plays. He wants Brian Schottenheimer calling the plays. You know, he could talk about sleepless nights and, you know, excited about being in meetings and all that stuff. Mike really doesn't want to do that. He really doesn't. If Mike wanted to do that, he'd have stepped in and done it more with Kellen Moore. He would have taken that play call sheet and he said, hey, run the damn ball. You know, I'm the head coach here. Stop throwing it. Run it. You know, hey, right here before half, don't take a shot down the middle of the field. That's going to get the ball intercepted. We got points here, you know? Yeah. He let things happen. And, I, you know, to me, I think Mike McCarthy wants Brian Schottenheimer to ultimately to call the plays here, you know?
2: We 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 said there, you know, both of us agreed. I think that there's a strong, at least for me, there's a likelihood that the offense is not as good this year. I just right. I don't think there, there's big overhaul. I, I don't know how effective that's going to be.
1: Too many be. moving parts right now. Way too many what, moving parts.
2: What are we going to be talking about? at the end of the year, if this offense is better than it was last year, what are we going to be talking about? Is better? Yeah. If it's better, are we going to say Mike? Extension
1: for Mike McCarthy, that Mike McCarthy and and Brian Schottenheimer and, and uh, Mike Solari and others figured it out. That's That's that's, what we're going to say. Very,
2: very, let, let me drill it down even more specifically. Then do you think we'll be talking about, Hey, this offense worked better because Dak, Prescott was better. Dak Prescott won all ward, world. Are we going to be talking about Mike McCarthy's show? Coaches, the coaches evolution. Solari show he can stabilize the offensive line. Which do you coaches. think is the primary thing we're talking about?
1: Coaches. No, they're talking about the coaches because which it, co-
2: which coach specifically do you think we'll be talking about?
1: Oh, we'll be talking about McCarthy. We're talking oh, about Solari?
2: McCarthy. Yeah. I feel like I feel I feel like if Solari stabilizes a lot of the the.
1: If they get Dak to play better, if they Mm -hmm. get Dak to play better where it's they turns where he doesn't turn over the ball, and like I said, if 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 okay, say I'm completely wrong, which I could very well be, say McCarthy does call plays throughout, then he will get the credit. He'll have because we we would give we would give Kelly Moore credit and we'd give Kellen Moore blame. Mike McCarthy is staking his coaching reputation on this season he's yeah. trying to get an extension. If they have success and they find a way to get in the playoffs and Mike McCarthy's the reason because that and the offense is better, then by all means he deserves an extension. And I and I will be the first one to admit that I'm wrong about that. I just don't think that he's going to be the primary play caller by the time we get to the Rams in week 8. I just don't I just don't see that. I see I see well, you know maybe it's a 3 and 3 team, you know what I'm saying? Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's three and three and they're not they're not getting it done in the red zone and they're not really getting it done on third down and they're struggling, you know, finishing drives. Then it's going to be at three and three. The evaluation when they always talk about go across the hall and evaluate this, that, and the other. We we could very well see that that Brian Schottenheimer would be the primary play caller. And then it goes from there. I think McCarthy would rather have This is going to sound really strange, but maybe not. I think McCarthy would rather lose his job with Brian Schottenheimer calling the plays than Kellen Moore calling the plays. Does that make sense? Sure.
2: No, I I think that makes total sense. Marty Schottenheimer was a huge influence on Mike McCarthy. He he talks about him like... Mike
1: McCarthy doesn't have to work for anything anymore. Mike McCarthy's not a young, hungry coach. You know, Mike's done some really good things. But Mike is not that guy, the grinded out coach. He's not that anymore. The older you get, the more you talk about being at the lake and things like that, you know, he, he he's fine. Hey, I got another year on the deal. You want to let me go? I'll make my money. I'll go back to Wisconsin. I'll take the misses. You know, we have a place there. You know, he, he's to the point in time where he's got all the money he needs. You know, he wants, I'm sure he wants to win. All these coaches want to win. But are you willing to sleep on the couch at night every night, you know, in the during the week to try and come up with a game plan to beat the Philadelphia Eagles in Week Nine?
2: No. When you you mentioned there that maybe it's the bye week, we start hearing that chatter of you know, it
1: could be three and three,
2: they, it, and they it, could be they could be six and oh, for all we know. Sure, if
1: they're six and oh, then fine, right? Sure. The thing keeps rolling, but there's just but, that gut that there's just that gut I have then the, yeah, the they,
2: cowboys the cowboys have historically when they have made end season coaching changes they have typically done them at the bye during yeah. the Jerry Jones era uh, if you've got a the 49ers who have been two years in a row now have have forced the Joneses to reevaluate their roster with the way they played them if you have the 49ers and then the very following week—that's that, the problem. Kellen Moore is right across the the way; and he runs it up on you, and then you run into the bye week and get to stew on it. I see what you're saying because to yeah. me, that if those two games go poorly, yeah, and then the Joneses get to sit on that for two weeks leading into the Rams, yeah, that's if that. Ke- would be
1: if tough. if 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 they if you go to uh, Los Angeles and and, Kellen and, and, Moore- and really
2: and really quickly, just to be fair. The reverse could also be true. If sure. he goes and beats the 49ers and sure. shows up Kellen Moore, that could solidify him after those two weeks.
1: I have no problem. If you find a way to get this team in the playoffs, advance, offense looks better, I have no problem talking about you getting an, ex- an extension. You know, I have no problem with that. But if you if you all of a sudden it's 3-3 three and three and two of the losses going into the bye – say you get mauled by San Francisco and then the Chargers put up a bunch of points on you, that flight home from LA is not going to be good. And, and then it's going to be, it's going to be Todd Archer asking a question. It's going to be Bobby belt asking a question. It's going to be Clarence Hill asking a question, Mike, what's wrong with the offense, Mike, what's wrong with the offense, Mike, what do you think you need to do better about the offense? You know? It, it, that's that's gonna be reality. If this thing is three and three, two and four, and the offense is not getting the job done, you will you're going to start to hear a lot of questions or going into that box.
2: You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
2: All right, Brian, it is now time for our favorite part of the show. It is the listener mailbag. Before we get into that, though, one more time, I need to tell you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star, Boomer Jacks. And I keep telling you guys about Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Those are important days. Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. So whatever your fancy is on the wing front, Boomer Jacks has a deal for you. But if you're not a wing person at all, they still have great deals for you other days of the week. They've got $3 drink specials, $15 buckets of beer, wall-to-wall TVs, live music, Whatever atmosphere you're looking for, Boomer Jacks has the environment for you. If you're just looking for a place to have dinner with the family, a nice aesthetic, everything else, Boomer Jacks is the spot. If you're looking for a great happy hour location for you and the coworkers to have some drinks, Boomer Jacks is the spot. If you're just looking for a place to go watch the game, follow your fantasy team, you know, watch the game with a buddy, have a fun rivalry, whatever else, Boomer Jacks is the spot. And there are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. we got a lot of questions here. Uh, you know, we haven't asked a question from Dean Julia. Let's do that. Well, let, let's get a Dean Julia question in here. Uh, I think he
1: put in three today, I saw. He, he did. He did. Today. Okay. Uh, first question, th-
2: this will be the one we ask from Dean here. Do you think if Cedric Wilson got cut in Miami, that he's the wide receiver four here the very next day, also, can you tell me more about uh, Jalen Brooks? The draft show videos when he got picked the uh, looked like he moved well. So uh, your thoughts on Jalen Brooks and uh, if there would be a spot for Cedric Wilson. I know that quarterback would love to have Cedric Wilson here again.
1: Yeah, I think that Cedric Wilson, the problem is if, are we talking about a training camp cut or are we talking about a seasonal cut? Because if it's a training camp cut, uh, well, you have to look at the best Veteran situation and stuff like that. You know, are you going to get him where he could choose, or is he going to be part of the waiver system? You know, that's you got to always worry about that. Depending on when he gets cut, if he make his own choice, I'm sure he'd want to come back to Dallas. Brooks, I felt like you know when we had a chance to visit with him post draft. I remember he was talking about the special team stuff that he's the capable of, the the flyer, the person protector. It was all brought up about him maybe being the, uh, 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 the new version of Noah uh, Noah Brown, that kind of guy. He catches the ball really, really over the middle. Uh, he can extend. He can catch the ball behind him. The guy has some talent catching the football. I kind of thought, well, what's his trait? What's the one thing? I think his hands. I think his hands. But I think maybe when we start to see him, his toughness, if we see him as that flyer, personal protector, you know, guy yeah. on the kickoff return as a blocker, Noah Brown played a lot of different roles for you. And Brooks could very well be that same guy. They don't have a whole lot of guys that are playing special teams at wide receiver, right? You know, the the yeah. Fajokos. and that's why and, Tolbert couldn't get active. Tolbert, Tolbert can't get active because of that. So yeah, Brooks, uh absolutely, where he's going to make this team would be as probably a special teams player more than a wide receiver.
2: Um, but I do agree with you. It showed good hands. I think when I had not watched him before we he got picked, went back and watched he, him. He,
1: he gets open. The guy's tough. tough. He, tra- he tracks yeah. the
2: ball well. He, he, can court, he, he adjusts to bad balls. I, I yep. mean, there are some things to like about him. He's, he's Absolutely. You know, when I watched him, I didn't know what to expect. When I watched him, I thought that's a reasonably draftable player. Yep. I don't have, have a problem with it. Uh, question from Travis Rambo. What is one player or position that they could trade for midseason that mm-hmm. would push them over the mountain for the playoffs? I think if we've seen anything from Jerry Jones's time here, it's the the one position he will make a midseason move for as receiver.
1: Yeah. And he has
2: done it several yeah. different times. And if they're if they get into this season and Jalen Tolbert is not working out, Gallup has not bounced back, and, and it's Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb, and maybe Cooks isn't quite the player that he once was. I could see them saying, look, we're close. We need to go get a receiver because every every time they it's felt like we need to get a receiver, they make some sort of move for a receiver, whether it's going to trade for Amari Cooper or sign a T.Y. Hilton or whatever. Some moves are bigger than others, but they will always make a push for a receiver if they think they need it.
1: There's no question. The receiver, uh, do you feel like that if something were to happen at running back, you know? I mean, that say that say that it doesn't come around as well for Tony Pollard. You know, and and you know, Ronald Jones is just okay. You know, Deuce Vaughn, do you lean on Deuce Vaughn or or you know Malik Davis? We've kind of talked about that situation. Do you do you think he would trade for a running back, or they would try and get a running back if 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 those guys don't work out? Could yeah, absolutely. That yeah, that could be one that they I was would go- thinking it was more offensive players than there. defensive players. That's sure, what I was skill thinking. position player. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking it was skill guys all the way. I was thinking skill guys all the way. <laughs>
2: Question here, and this actually kind of ties in uh, to what you just said there. Question from Joshua Wanger. Uh, Ronald Jones or Ezekiel Elliott, Brian?
1: Well, the thing about it is Ronald Jones, to me, and I, listen, I'm not going to sit here and uh, I've seen Ronald Jones play a little bit. I mean, I know what Ezekiel Elliott is. I know Zeke can catch the football in the backfield. I know Zeke can get the tough yards, uh, or the tough inside yards. I know he's pretty slow. Uh, I know he doesn't play with much of a burst anymore. I think Ronald Jones is probably a little bit uh, a little bit quicker to and through the hole. Uh, we'll see about the catching. We'll see about the blitz pickup stuff. The one reasons why you would think about bringing Zeke back is just because of the other things that I just talked about. The, the pass protection, the catching the football, the, the short yardage runner. That's the only reason you would think about bringing Zeke back over Ronald Jones.
2: Next question here from John, and this one we we just addressed, hey, what's something they could address in the middle of the season? Uh, what's a position besides kicker that they could add before camp? I don't know about you, Brian. I still look at it and say they could use linebackers, and yeah. feel, I feel like there's always the potential of somebody who could – there's always plenty of free agent linebackers that I feel like could contribute if you needed to go out and get one. So that's well, what stands yeah. out
1: they're moving some guys around and, you know, so, you know, let's see, let's see what, you know, let's see what happens with Devin Harper. You know, that, that's one of those ones that, man, when he, when he was coming out of college, you, you talk about a guy that can run, a guy that can cover some oh, ground.
2: I, I, I will remember we were sitting there at a, uh, it was OTA practices. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he made a play to the sideline that I was sitting yeah. to Brian. And I remember Brian made an audible noise of, Oh, yeah, he had to yeah like wait who was that yeah. I mean, he's got some bursts he flashed at times
1: see that's what i'm saying they have got to figure out what's going on with harper jabril cox overshone is and 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 you know they need to get those guys going i mean and they need to get they need to get damone clark going too clark cox harper overshone Keep an eye on Isaiah Land. I was talking to some people in the organization about him. They're going to play him as an offline, uh, off-ball linebacker first, and then use him as a pass rusher. So that's a young man that they that uh, was a college uh, uh, college free agent uh, from Florida A and M that they really really like.
2: They yeah they I, I've heard from a few people they think Land makes the fifty three. Yeah,
1: Very well. Could They, they think well could. they,
2: they, they think really highly of him. I will say back to one thing. I don't know about how you feel about this, Brian. This isn't anything we've discussed. Uh, my, my bold prediction, or it's maybe it's not that bold, but my bold prediction early on right now is I don't know that Jabril Cox gets out of training camp. That I think very
1: well that, that very I, well, I could think, yeah. I
2: that, think they've lost a lot of confidence in him.
1: I've talked to people in the organization and you know, it's funny. And, and you uh, know I had a chance to visit with George Edwards who now is at Tampa and you know I talked to George and George was super 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 positive about Jabril Cox you know but he says every time you get it's like one step forward and then two steps back you know every time you feel like that he's making progress something happens where he he's, he goes on the you know he gets two steps back so I know they really really like him a lot I think he's up against some serious competition when I, met, when I mentioned about the guys like Overshone, uh Harper, m- you know, I don't think Malik Clark, Jefferson. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Malik Jefferson's much. But, you know, when you know, Isaiah Land, I mean, they could very well say that Land is a better player than Jabril Cox, and Harper's a better player than Jabril Cox.
2: I think that, and maybe this isn't fair, but to me at least I, I, I view it as if we get out here in these practices, Brian, and Cox still has that, that, black compression sleeve on his leg. Yeah, I'm just going to feel like that's a guy who just, he's still two yeah. years later. He's not trusting his knee.
1: Yep, exactly. Yep.
2: Uh, next one here from Christian. Brian, do you think Mike McCarthy actually intends to run the ball more, even though uh, when he was previously calling plays, he was passing quite a bit. So, So do you think that's rhetoric or do you think it is a genuine intent for, I want to run the ball more?
1: I think he wants a tougher team, but I don't think he runs the ball more. I think he wants he was trying to send a message that you know if they really, really, really wanted to run the ball, they I think they'd have gone out and drafted a guard. I, I think they would. Now, okay, you could say, well, Dan brought us they they drafted a blocking type of a tight end, you know, they made it a priority to go get a tight end that, that yeah. that's a good blocker. So my gut feeling is that he's trying to say, Yeah, we want to run the ball more. But I don't know if he'll necessarily run the ball more. You know, we need to see what's going on at left guard. We need to see what's going on with Luke Schoonmaker, You know, as a point of attack, blocking tight end. You know, we need to we need to see. You know, how much do you really want to run Pollard inside? You know, how much do you want to run Deuce Vaughn? I mean, Ronald. Jones, how much? You know, we we talked about all those backs. But until they kind of figure out what's going on at left guard, left tackle. You know, and this offensive line, right tackle. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that he's probably gonna he probably wants to throw the ball. He says he wants to run the ball. I'm guessing he's gonna throw it a little more.
2: I I don't disagree. I think there is a little bit of rhetoric there. Look, you, he's you, just
1: I think he wants his team to be tough. I think he wants them sure. to have a tough, you know, running the football is a tough-minded attitude. And I don't think he wanted to, you know, I think there are times, like I say, they lost the Green Bay game because they didn't run it enough, you know. I still think that sticks in his craw a little bit, that that happened the way that it did.
2: I do too. That that meant something to him. That didn't just mean something to him. That meant something to us, several people on the staff.
1: Yes, there yes. A lot of people going back yes, for that. Yes, yeah.
2: And so that, that bugged a lot of people. That does it for us here today on The Love of the Star. We will be back with you guys again. I, I saw a lot of comments on the last video. Uh, I saw people commenting on the YouTube, and they were saying – Please keep this going through the off season, guys. We don't plan on going anywhere. We're still we're we're going to be doing this every week. There is no no break. We're going to keep bringing stuff to you. And uh, topics may get a little more evergreen as we get into like June. We're we're going to have less to talk about. We're we're well, gonna...
1: you know that's a great time to <laughs> like like okay, who do you like better? That you know yeah. Like, you know, you, you compare an offensive player to a defensive player. Who's going to be? Trust me, we will come up with some really, really, really good content. In fact, just, if yeah, you, we can't thank you guys you, enough for seriously. You know, we 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 get the numbers, we see the response, we see the questions. You guys have been great to Bobby and, and Peyton and I. And we can't thank you guys enough for, for doing that for us. And and we're gonna I trust me, this thing is going all the way to the start of training camp when we get out there in Oxnard.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and again, if you guys have any specific topics you'd like to see us touch on during these couple months, if there's some like, hey, talk about this, or compare this, or whatever else, let us know in the YouTube comments, tweet at us, whatever whatever it is you want to do, give us a shout, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely pick up those topics, because we're, we're always looking to touch on things that you guys want to hear about. Uh, for Brian Broadis, I am Bobby Belt. We will talk to you guys later.